welcome back to a brand new episode of Tea with Janae. I'm your host, Janae Kirshner of Janae Kirshner Photography from the photo education and coaching site, Tea with Janae. Tea with Janae is where we give real advice, tangible tips, and thoughtful insight about what it's really like to be a wedding photographer. I'm so excited about this week's brand new episode because we're chatting with Lisa from Creating the Map for Success, all about how to start planning for your retirement. Lisa shares why it's so important to start saving for your retirement today and not sometime in the future. Photographers need to take an active role in planning for what happens when you're done with shooting weddings. A little bit about Lisa is that she began her career in event rentals and has transitioned into consulting for event professionals. She focuses on setting business goals, strategic partnerships, exit strategies, and understanding the underlying reasons for a company's success. And I'm so excited that she's here. A little bit of housekeeping before we begin today's show is that I want to let you know that Tea with Janae is looking for sponsors. Yep, that's right. Tea with Janae is now accepting sponsorships for the podcast to help promote your work. And we love partnering with brands that align with our mission of educating wedding photographers, including other educators, products, services, and more. Visit teawithjanae.com to find out more and apply today. Also, don't forget, if you love today's show, we would love, love, love for you to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It takes three seconds, so you just have to swipe up and leave us a couple of your kind words. Thank you so much for your support. It means everything. All right, you guys, let's grab a cup of tea and enjoy the show. you guys are here. We have an incredible guest today. Lisa, can you say hi to everyone? Hi, how are you? Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to talk to you. Yeah, I know. I'm super pumped for today's topic. Um, I love talking about retirement. I think it's super important. Um, But before we get started, let's um, introduce you to our audience. Can you tell everybody a little bit more about you, your company, and how you got started? Well, um, like you said, my name is Lisa Anheuser. I live in Sugarland, Texas, and I ran a event rental company for 25 years. So just recently, and because of the pandemic, we shut down. So I um, started doing um, more of my consulting and educational pursuits. So having a lot of fun with that, talking to people and helping them learn lessons that I learned the hard way. (laughs) So it has been a real adventure this past uh, year. And we're just uh, enjoying getting back to a little more semblance of normal, I guess. Yeah. Totally. I know 2020 was definitely a doozy for all of us and especially us event folks. <laughs> oh, yes. A lot of pivots and a lot of changes. So I'm glad that you are educating now and you're do- doing more of that. So that's exciting. Yes. A lot of fun. Yeah. So I'm super glad that you're here today because when uh, you reached out about being on the show, and talking about planning for retirement as a photographer, I was like, oh, this is fantastic. Because one, I don't think a lot of people actually talk about this topic, um, retirement planning for your future. And not enough. A, yeah, it, it's sort of, you know, it, it, it's not really a popular topic. So that's why I'm glad to have you here. 
because I remember um, when I started my own business, I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to even start saving for retirement, let alone be profitable? So I'm glad you're here. (laughs) Totally understand that. I think most people, when we're starting out, especially in the events industry, we're just trying to get the next job. We're not really thinking about down the road. And we're definitely not thinking about savings because we're reinvesting in our companies, buying new equipment and trying to just keep it going. Right. Yeah. There's a lot that we have to do in the beginning to get past. And then retirement could really, really be late if you you don't put it in the forefront of your mind. So I'm excited to talk about it. So, you know, what would be your first step when people start planning for retirement as as a solopreneur? Well, I think that you really have to think about what your goals are. Um, And I talk a lot about goals. That's like my number one uh, focus. And I think that not enough people have a clear set of goals when they start out um, doing what they're doing. I happened into my rental company. It was really... um, a happy accident, I guess. And when I started my company, I absolutely was not thinking like an entrepreneur. I didn't have a plan in place. I was just winging it. (laughs) So somebody kind of put your money where your mouth is. We started our business and not until we were into it a couple of years, did we really start thinking about oh my gosh, we've got to start putting money away. We were just piling everything back into the business, rebuying um, goods and, and rental items and paying salaries, hiring more people, trying to up their wages. Retirement was nowhere in the picture. So fast forward 15 years, I am now I'm 56 and I started thinking about where am I going? What am I doing? And I got really focused on what the what my goals were and what the goals were for the company, how long I was going to stay in business. Is this really what I wanted to do for the rest of my life? Um, and I had made choices early on that even though I was a, a larger specialty company, I was not uh, a, a large, large company. Depending on what time of year it was, we had two to 10 employees. So um, not a solopreneur, but not huge. Mm-hmm. I was a solopreneur for about five years, my first five years. And, you know, I still was not thinking about savings and retirement. And I think a lot of people are thinking about that even more now that we have seen what can happen um, when unexpected things come up. Um, No one was expecting a pandemic. And yes, we expect hurricanes and storms, but you just never know how hard it's going to hit. So a lot of financial people talk about your savings, how much you need to have in the bank to keep your business afloat. Um, You're supposed to have six months 
uh, savings. Now, if you are a solopreneur, you're talking about six months to keep your business going, and then you're personally supposed to have six months in the bank as well. So how do you do it? Um, One of the ways that I have heard a lot of the financial people talk about is talking about buckets and saving a little in each bucket until you get to where you need to be. And then think about, you know, retirement in uh, excess, putting that into a uh, retirement account, an IRA, uh, contributing to a 401k if you have one. And I think that that's a great way to look at it. Me, I want to do it really simply And I would encourage every, whether you're a a solopreneur or you have employees, is take 10% of what you earn and put it away, every job, and put it away somewhere where you're not going to touch it. Don't put it away and think, oh, I can... I can always take that out. I can always use it because it's so easy to put it in a savings account and then have your overdraft draft out of that savings account. And you've kind of defeated your whole purpose. You have nothing back there. So I think we have to change our mindset. We have to be looking towards the future. We have to think about what we're doing and what we're charging so that we can save that 10% and we can save it and we're not going to need to rely on it later. It needs to be something that we're not counting on when we're planning out our monthly, quarterly, or yearly expenses. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you mentioned buckets. I know that is um, from a mention in Profit First. So yes. you, you pay yourself first and then you do everything else after. And I still have yet to finish the book, but it is on my hand. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it is I there. start a lot of books. I never get to the end. <laughs> and then sometimes I'm like, why did I wait so long to read this? But that's definitely um, <laughs> yes. So, so we, you so, talked about your goals and you figured out what your goals were. But for people listening, you know, how do goals help the planning process? Goals give us something to shoot for. And when we talk about, oh, you know, my dream was to become a photographer. My dream was to become a consultant. My dream was, okay, a dream is great, but you had to put the work in. You had to have steps to get there. You had to learn how to shoot. You had to learn how to use lighting. You had to learn how to get customers. Those are all steps towards your goal of becoming a photographer. Now that you are a photographer and you're running a business, you have to think about what are your goals beyond that point. And of course, if you are planning on going into a business, you know, using that as a uh, means of income, you need to have goals up front. Okay, what are my goals? Now, a lot of people are thinking, I want a successful business, I want to earn six figures, I want to, you know, grow, I want to have people work for me. Okay, those are great goals. But let's think about your individual goals. What are your goals? And personal goals are the place to start. So you need to look at your personal goals. And I know you mentioned your husband. 
you guys need to come up with your plan. What is our plan? When do we want to retire? How do we want to live? Where do we want our children to go to school? What are we planning for for college? How do we want to live when we retire? And there it is, retire. Mm-hmm. You have to be thinking about that as you make your plans for yourself and for your business. Because if you don't have those plans up front, how are you going to create the wealth that you need in order to retire and to live the life that you want? Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I think it's so important. And I came from a corporate background. So I had a um, IRA that was matched for a really long time. And that got smaller and smaller um, over time. So like I, you know, know what the power of saving little by little means. And it really adds up. So, you know, if you put in the 5% you were allowed to, you know, 20 years later, it's like, oh my gosh, that's actually a lot of more money. So I think people think, oh my gosh, I can't start saving right now for retirement because it's not a lot of money, but the, it just compounds over time, you know? So you just, want to be cognizant of that. And I have a, also, I know you mentioned IRA and Roth uh, 401k, but I have a SEP. And I think that's for photographers is such a great way to save um, because it comes out of your earnings and you can put the max away. And if you guys don't have one, you should totally look into it. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. My uh, partner is a photographer and he contributes to his SEP quarterly. So yes, that's, it's very important. Yeah, it's awesome. So do you have any advice? You know, I know we mentioned pivoting a little bit in the beginning, but you know, how do you pivot when you're planning for retirement? You know, I know last year was really tough. Um, Just wondering how we would do that. Well, (laughs) believe it or not, we were actually talking about this last night and we were talking about uh, a couple other photographers that um, he's acquainted with and all talking about, you know, where they have pivoted in what they're doing. So it's also something that you want to think about as you move forward and you get older, especially if you're working in the events industry. So if you're working in the events industry, and especially if you're doing weddings, weddings are very hard. They're very taxing. They're physically hard. Um, And I know every time he would come home, he was exhausted, his back hurt, depending on what kind of floor you're on all night. You know, you've been on your feet all day because You've already gone to their house and done um, the the getting ready. Getting ready. <laughs> you've gone to the church and you've taken um, shots there of family members. Then you're going to do the ceremony. You're going to take family after. You're going to probably be handling setup shots at the reception. Then you're going to cover the entire reception. You're there until the end when they leave. So it is a long day, but that's not all you're doing. Then you have to go through all the photos. You have to... Uh, take out what you're not going to use, then you have to edit what you are going to use, album creation, um, sending out uh, your set of uh, 
photographs for them to choose, then getting those back, placing orders. And there's a lot that goes into it. And if you think about how many hours you spend on one wedding, I mean, it's incredible. And I don't think that a lot of people break that down into an hourly rate. And when you think about it as an hourly rate, you kind of get more of an idea of what you're working with. Then as you get older and more established and you want to pivot, you can pivot into other areas that are less demanding physically, but still give you the same reward and compensation that you're used to. Um, Yeah, you might have to work a little bit harder for for increased traffic, but it's a completely different animal. So as you're going through your career, those are things that you're you're thinking about uh, changing. Those are also goals. You know, yeah. how long are you going to be a wedding photographer? Yeah. <laughs> how long are you going to run yourself ragged and work until two in the morning? So a lot of things to consider as you're, as you're pivoting. Um, things that they were talking about is moving from strictly weddings into weddings and events and then eliminating weddings or doing way less of those and looking at events and including some corporate. Because the longer you are a photographer, the bigger your portfolio gets and the more people you meet and deal with on an ongoing basis. So if you photograph a bride and a groom, and then um, you're going to photograph their family later, now you're into family portraits. And then they're going to call you because they are working a job and they have an event and you were so great at their wedding. I want to hire you for this event. Now you're into Uh, corporate events. Um, When you're doing that, you've already done bridal portraits and, and family portraits. You're moving, you can also move into headshots. So you're expanding your reach and you can get rid of, as you move towards retirement, the things that don't fit your lifestyle anymore. And that's a great way to look at it when you're setting your goals for what you want to do in the future. Oh yeah. Gosh, you made so many good points here that things that I've already walked, walked through in my own life. <laughs> I remember starting out, I, I can't remember what mentor it was, but somebody said, you know, figure out your hourly rate, write down how long it takes you um, to do a wedding from start to finish, which the start is from the inquiry and the finish is from delivery of the last product and how many hours you, you know, estimate, you are spending on one client. And I remember doing that exercise. Um, it's kind of scary. <laughs> yeah. It was like, I think in the beginning it was a lot because I was editing on my own. I think it was almost like 30 hours. So I was like, oh my gosh, that's a lot. And then, it, you know, I had to divide it into so much and I found out my hourly rate at the time. So that was helpful to increase my rate because I was like, hey, I'm not making any money here. <laughs> um, let's, <laughs> let's fix that. So that was first. And then when you talked about So I have thought a lot about this, about leaving wedding photography, not anytime soon, but I do have an exit plan. I have thought about this and, you know, weddings 
like you said, they're really hard. It's really physically demanding. You know, I yes. don't, I don't have a 12 hour day, but my, my days are at least eight to nine hours standing. And then it's getting there and driving there and coming home and processing and editing. Like it's, it's a lot. So having been through this and as an active, you know, a wedding photographer, like I'm going to, I will probably be done by 50, hopefully. And, you know, I am doing more and more family. So it just is so nice to hear you say like that pivot, which I've already started doing, you know, like when I have my couple from engagement to wedding to now family, which is the baby, the newborn, the maternity, the, the spring session, the fall session. So it's so nice one to grow with my couples, right. I'm with them forever, but then possibly going into corporate or headshots or different, a different interiors. You know, I know a lot of people who do that too. They've been, yes. um, Angela Newton Roy, who was a guest on the show. She was a wedding photographer, but pivoted into interiors a few years ago and hasn't, you know, was so happy about it. She's like, Oh, I'm so glad I did it. <laughs> I couldn't shoot another wedding. <laughs> so I think it's nice to hear that, you know, we can still practice our craft and we can do it in a way that is still profitable, but also will help us retire. Absolutely. So when do you, when do you really start? I know how I just explained, like, I've already been thinking about this stuff. Like how, you know, when should we start planning for retirement? Well, when we're talking about savings, we should start planning right away. And just like you said, if you have a corporate job, they're going to set you up with a, with a 401k and a match right away. And a lot of people still don't take advantage of that, but you should. And when you think about, uh, I don't know what your pricing is in New York, (laughs) but, you know, in Houston, if you're doing a headshot, you're looking at um, 150 to 250, depending on who the photographer is, depending if they're coming out on location. um, And, you know, there's a lot of different factors, but if you think about just saving 10%, 10%, okay, you're talking about 15 to $25 and you say, oh, it's not worth it. It is because of compounding interest. And that's the whole thing. That's the reason why you want to start saving as soon as you can. Maybe you don't feel like you can save that 10%, put away 5%, but put away something and start as soon as you open your doors. Like you said, you know, 10% is not much. Um, $10, $15, $25, it's not much. Now, when you're talking about a wedding, you're talking about hundreds of dollars. But still, if you can't put it a full 10% away, make a plan as soon as you start to start putting away $100 in a job. And if you can't put away $100 from a job, then you're not charging what you should be charging. So you need to look, yeah, (laughs) you need to really (laughs) look at your pricing because you're doing it wrong. (laughs) Totally. Guys, listen, I mean, you have to listen to that again. If you can't put $100 away from a job that obviously you're charging more than $100, like you're not charging enough. And in New York City, our prices are a lot higher than that. I don't know anyone who would shoot a headshot for $250. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, it depends on your market and where you are and 
We're in Texas. This is the cheapest market I think (laughs) in the country because there is so much competition. I can tell you, I ship all when I had my linen company, I shipped all over the country because it was cheaper for them to get it from me at full price and have me ship it across the country than it was for them to rent it there. Wow. That's so interesting. Oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah. So I think you know, if you can start saving and 10% and my uncle, he would, you know, sometimes he'd give me some money, like $20. I'm like, no, I don't want anything. And he would say, Janae, I, I waste $20 a coffee every week. I'd rather give it to you. <laughs> and that's how I kind of feel about saving. You know, it's like, yes. if, if I can waste $20 at Starbucks every month, well, then I can put it away for my future. Right. Yeah. And it's all about your mindset. And in your mind, too, you have buckets. Okay, I might not spend, if I'm going to go out and have a meal, I might not regularly go out and spend $150 on a meal um, for two people. But if I'm taking out my best friend for her birthday, Oh yeah, I'm going to go and spend $150. We're going to have a you're going, we're going to have wine, we're going to have a drink, we're going to eat someplace nice. I don't think twice about that. Okay, why do we put those same <laughs> things on our retirement savings? We're willing to spend, you know, 5-6 on a cup of coffee, but we're not going to put away $10 towards our future earnings. Right, yeah. So I, I 100% agree. And, you know, at the end, when you're getting ready to retire, don't you want to be comfortable? You know, don't you want to keep your lifestyle versus, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? You don't want to end up like Kara Bradshaw and be like, I'm the woman who lives in her shoes. You know, she didn't save any of her money, yeah. <laughs> even though it's a fictional character. I know. Uh, but there's so many people out there just like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I love to hear, you know, what sort of mistakes do you see small businesses make um, when they start planning for retirement? What should we avoid? Well, especially just not doing it early enough is number one. And then putting it into a vehicle that it's easily taken out of because uh, when you put it into a savings account but then you link your checking account to it so that if you have an overdraft, you're constantly thinking in the back of my, your mind, oh, well, you know, my savings will cover it. My savings will cover it. You're already spending it before you've even put it away. So why do it? Um, I think that that's one of the biggest mistakes. I think also a lot of business owners, and especially if you're a solopreneur, and, and I know I was guilty of it. You take money and use it in your business without thinking about the repercussions on your family. So you'll take your personal money that should have been going towards your retirement savings personally, and you will use it in the business. And I heard it said that you're robbing your future. Um, by using it now. And it's so true. And that's all because of compound interest. Mm -hmm. So I think all of those mistakes kind of center around money. Mm 
and just beginning the process. I think I also like what you mentioned before about mindset. We I have have plenty of podcast episodes about money, money and mindset and how to change your mindset. And I think if you guys, you know, if you have money blocks, which I've like worked on a lot myself over the last year, year and a half, you know, figuring out what those blocks are and working through them. Like some people just might have a big block about saving, you know, about taking out of their current checking because they feel like it's not, it's not going to be there anymore. They can't use it, you know, versus, well, you're going to use it in 30 years from now. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think working on your mindset is and about money and going through your money blocks is, is probably a really good tool for people who have issues. Definitely. And then, you know, are there any um, apps or books? I know this is sort of like a, a last like pop quiz kind of question, but like, <laughs> is there anything you recommend for our listeners that they could maybe just start researching on their own? What to do? There are so many things, especially online. If you go to, and I'm going to use Fidelity as an example, because that's who I save with. Uh, If you go on to one of their websites, even if you're not a customer, you can access their retirement savings uh, tools and you can put in, um, it will ask you a lot of questions. You can put the answers in and it's going to tell you what you need for retirement and what you need to start doing to get there, how much you need to start saving every month in order to reach your goal at current interest rates. Um, There are also um, a lot of speakers, Jean Chatsky, I love to listen to um, her talks. I think that she's very motivational for women in saving and learning to overcome those blocks to uh, saving and to stop spending. I think that uh, Dave Ramsey offers a lot of really good tools. And a lot of these things, you can listen to podcasts that have them talking. Uh, You can listen to um, previous podcasts. webinars and things that they have done that are online for free, access all the free tools. And if you like what they're saying, then follow them and maybe take one of their courses and learn more about that. When I did Tony Robbins Business Mastery, he had uh, a gentleman come in, Keith Cunningham, and I think uh, he was really hitting things on the mark and it's it's more like uh i don't know finance for dummies <laughs> don't make the same mistake i did he lost millions of dollars overnight and like his major loss is like one of the biggest losses <laughs> and he said he went on a Uh, news program and they asked him you know what don't you want to talk about and he didn't want to talk about that they went on the air and the first thing they asked was so tell us what happened (laughs) and you know very um 
I guess, very polarizing in your thoughts after that. I think that that's what motivated him to teach. He also teaches, if you're interested in getting your finances together, a four-day MBA. It's a fantastic program. There's also people like uh, Michelle Loretta with Be Sage Wedding Pros. I know that they did change their name, and I'm sorry I'm drawing a blank on that. But people who can help you with your finances in your business and help you to save and put that money away. Mm-hmm. And you need to think about it. I mean, what is that costing you um, short term to get your finances in order in your business? Maybe you only need someone like that to start and then you can take it over and go from there. But you need to have a relationship with your money. And maybe you need to sit down with your CPA and talk to your CPA. Okay, what do I need to do right now? Because your CPA, you're already paying them and they are a wealth of information. They have spent their life training for this. Ask them for the information you need Mm -hmm. and they're not going to charge you for that. That's something that they're going to give you as a client to help you to become more financially astute and to save for the future. Yeah, I love that. And Michelle is a friend to the show. We have a wonderful podcast with her. Yeah, um, she's amazing. Yeah, that you guys can go listen to. And actually, Joan, um, who was just on a few weeks ago, she also recommended Michelle. So she is definitely <laughs> a great repu- uh, reputation in the community. I was going to say, um, for my recommendation would be um, uh, Get Rich, Lucky Bitch by Denise uh Dempel Thomas, I think she'll really help you um, with your money blocks and with getting comfortable with money and comfortable being wealthy and comfortable, comfortable saving. Um, I know the the title is stupid and she addresses that like in the first uh, page (laughs) of the book, but um, you know, gets your attention, but the, the knowledge and the content in that book is, is like life-changing. So I would highly recommend it if you guys haven't listened to it. But Lisa, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for being here. I love talking about this. I'm so happy I got to come and talk about it. I think more people need to talk about finance and, and about their future. Yeah, 100%. Well, let's tell everybody where they can find out more about you, your services, and say hello online. Well, you can definitely find me on Instagram and Facebook uh, at Creating the Map. And also online, my website is creatingthemap.com. You can always reach out and talk to me. I'm here and willing to chat. And uh, we can definitely talk about setting some goals for the future. And if finance is one of your goals, we can get you started. Oh, that's awesome. And you guys, if you want to say hi to Lisa and find out more information, you can just swipe up right now in your app and click on those show notes to go follow her on Instagram and find out more about her services. Lisa, thank you so much for being here. It was a true pleasure and hope to have you on again soon. Thank you so much. Well, that's it, you guys. I hope you loved today's show. I want to give a big thank you and shout out to Lisa for being here. We loved having you. And if you guys want to find out more about Lisa, just swipe up on today's show notes. Um, Give her a follow on Instagram. Find out more about her. 
consulting services. If you're interested in finding out how you can start planning for your retirement, definitely give Lisa a call or email and let her know that you found her from the show. Okay, you guys, I can't wait to share our next cup of tea together. Bye.